this area where a lot of trees has been cut down and there was all this stick debris I guess um, different sizes and shapes of sticks all over the place and uh, it made me think about the sticks sort of being dust from trees uh, and that made me think about scale as the sticks were a lot bigger than the dust that I've been able to collect in preparation for this show so it made me think about size and what if either we people were smaller or dust could have a size that sort of made it into dust mountains or hills that we either could live inside or just simply had to transgress in one way or the other. But uh, in these thoughts about size and shape of dust, it also made me think of this situation at one point where I found some dust that had some glitter in it um, that of course reflected the light and that made me think of uh, dust as being some kind of reflector both in in the very practical sense here with, with the glitter in it so it reflected the light and I guess partly some of the surroundings um, but of course also in a more kind of I guess semantic way or the dust being ever reflector of humanity in, in some some way and um, yeah this this picture of the dust being a sign or 
og reflektor of, of os as human beings um, is what this show will sort of evolve around maybe it won't be apparent maybe it's sort of an underlying red thread in the way that the tracks have been put together certain sounds that sort of connect in one way or another and maybe it's not important in in the way that you as a listener perceive the tracks and hopefully enjoy this show but uh, nonetheless I I think it's worth to sort of add these thoughts that I had either to deepen the experience for you but maybe also just for you to yeah reflect upon the tracks that you will hear throughout the show and in that way also become a reflector yourself perhaps either way I hope you will enjoy the tracks as they are and um, yeah now I will quit talking and let you enjoy the music
I thought we would start this off maybe by going back a little bit in time. Yeah. So in 2005, you were asked to write an essay and pick a photo for the book Singular Images. And you chose Dust Breeding, the centerpiece of this show and book, as the image. And I was interested, and you, in the catalog, you described that as the tip, and then this project is the iceberg. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk about maybe why you chose this picture, and how did that essay lead to this book? and show that is, is now Well, it, it, it's interesting. You, the I, I always think there's so many images in the world, and uh, the bird of with most of them, one has a one-night stand. But occasionally, is singing. there's an image you, the with which you end up having a long-term relationship. Is singing. <laughs> uh, the but as with all long-term relationships, is singing. it's usually not the kind of the bird Entity of paradise that you choose for one night stand. The bird of paradise is singing. 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 The bird of Bird, 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 bird,
Yum, was my hero because in the beginning his work so infuriated people even some of the most learned intellectuals rise to his bait still when i was to live with is great hi mr waters too and these loops are maybe his answer fuck you basically in the palmer method <laughs> the 
these little animals here? What do you see? Hmm? What do you see? Like, well, small animals, like gardens or something like that. Are they gardens? I don't know. holiday cottage. The rain beats against the window behind the bed on which he is lying naked on his back. His arms are stretched out on either side, his wrists tied tightly with two nylon stockings to the iron bedposts at the top of the bed. His legs are open, stretched out, each ankle tied to the bedposts at the bottom of the bed. His mouth is gagged with a piece of cloth. She is standing on the far side of the bedroom, smiling. She stubs out her cigarette in the ashtray on the bedside table, 
removes her shoes, stockings and pants and climbs onto the bed. She kneels astride, facing him. She unfastens her belt and unbuttons her dress, then slowly pulls it over her head. She unhooks her bra and drops it onto the floor beside the bed. She unbraids her long hair and trails it across his body and face. Sweat breaks out on his forehead as he writhes helplessly. His eyes shut tight. His teeth bite into the gag. His fingernails dig into his palms. Spasms run through him from head to foot. He thrashes from side to side, then slowly subsides. She straightens up and smiles. His breathing returns to normal. His eyes begin to close. When he awakes, she is no longer in the room. The rain has stopped. A breeze stirs the curtains. The sun shines through the window onto his face. The sweat has dried on his body. He shivers. His movements have tightened the knots in the stockings which secure his hands and feet. He flexes his fingers and toes and shifts position as best he can to ease the numbness in his limbs. He listens carefully. There is no sound. Outside the window, the sky is blue. A seagull sits on the window ledge watching him. The sun begins to set. The sky through the window is red. The wind has dropped. He can hear the sound of the waves breaking against the foot of the cliffs below the cottage and the raucous calls of the rooks coming home to roost. In the distance, the cries of the curlews in the estuary. The light begins to fade. A moth settles on his face. A spider spins a web between the bedpost and the wall. It becomes dark.
Oh, oh, oh.